Hello and welcome to Here's Johnny's Reviews, a Nintendo November, my look at bad video game movies such as Mario Brothers, Street Fighter, Tomb Raider and today's movies Mortal Kombat, starting with 1995's Mortal Kombat, then the 1998 sequel Mortal Kombat Annihilation, but none of the animated movies as I'm only doing live action ones, on to Mortal Kombat coming out on the tales of Street Fighter comes this 1995 martial arts movie based off the highly popular yet controversial video game of the same name. Not going to lie here, I saw this in the cinema in the summer of 1996 as a teenager and I loved this. It pressed all the right buttons, but now 21 years later, do I feel the same? This was Paul W.S. Anderson's first movie, famous for, of course, the Resident Evil movies, which I covered earlier this year. Check my archives. And with a budget of 18 million, but pulling in an incredible 70 million, here it is, Mortal Kombat. Starring Christopher Lambert, Robin Shaw, Lyndon Ashby, Bridget Wilson Sampras, Kerry Hayaku Tawaga, and Talsa Soto, written by Paul W.S. Anderson. The plot Three martial artists are summoned to a mysterious island to defend the Earth's realm from an evil sorcerer and his fighters. If they lose, the Earth is doomed. Can they stop this, or is it game over for the Earth? The movie opens up on a New Line Cinema logo with the trance remix of Mortal Kombat theme. I'm not gonna lie here, this theme kicks ass. Then the Mortal Kombat logo bursts onto the screen as the dragon symbol rises from the flames. Onto evil shapeshifting sorcerer Shag Tsung, played by Kiri Haraku Itawa, Tagawa, even sorry, of Horizon Sun. Planet of the Apes remakes, Elytra, a movie uncovering next year, Memoirs of a Geisha, and Balls of Fury. As he takes on a fighter, which he quickly kills by breaking his back and stealing his soul, a quick CGI demon face reveal later, as we find out the fighter was Liu Kang's, played by Robin Sow of the Death Rape movies, Beverly Hills Ninja, and Sleeping Dogs video game. As he sees us in a nightmare, he's awakened from his sleep with a jolt. We find out his Brother, the fighter, name is Chan, played by Stephen Howe of, well, everything. He's a stuntman from The Walking Dead to Hatchet to Pirates of the Caribbean. Knowing that, that was too much character development. Who wants that in a popcorn action movie? Hmm. Onto Hong Kong and an introduction to Sonya Blade, played by Bridget Wilson Sampras of I Know What I Did Last Summer, a movie I covered this summer, Billy Manson and House in the Haunted Hill remake. And note, she did all her own stunts and fight scenes and indeed had her shoulder put up the socket but was quickly fixed on set. In fact, her nickname on set was Robobabe. Sonya is some sort of hard as nails agent, tracking down a killer in an underground rave. Uh, her main flaw is she has no help and asks for no help because she's a hard as nails SOB. The killer is Kano, played by Trevor Goddard of Dead Rising. Pirates of the Caribbean, A Curse of the Black Pearl. Notes before the movie came out, Kano was a Japanese-American, but ever since then he has been British because the scorer guy was British. Mm. Even though he claims to be Australian, he's actually born in bloody England somewhere. Anyway, move on. She tracks him down in the club where we see Kano is in league with Shag Tsung. Note, Kano has a red bionic eye. In this, which in a video game can be used to fire lasers, but in this one it's just a plate with a red dot on it. A quick shootout later, in a crowded club, well crowded for a budget anyway, yet no one bats an eye as Sonya blows away with a right shotgun unarmed goon as he fires multiple shots into the crowd. Who getting? Again. Never mind that, that's too much character development. And on to the next character, Johnny Cage, played by Lyndon Ashby of Promnate Remake, Rise of Evil Extinction, 
and Teen Wolf TV show. And note, this was supposed to be John Claude Van Damme, but he decided to do Street Fighter instead, which was last week's movie. Anyway, on to Los Angeles as he walks into a warehouse dressed in a suit and takes on four suited and booted thugs, kicking all their asses until one doesn't fall down. We found out he is on a movie set because Johnny Cage is a B-movie action star who wants to be took taken legitimately but is seen as a pretty boy who fakes all his moves and he has it out with the movie's director, A. Steven Spielberg lookalike. Lookalike even. Rumour has it that it was actually supposed to be Spielberg but he was busy off filming probably Jurassic Park and Spielberg wouldn't want to be in this bad B-movie anyway so moving on. Johnny storms off to talk to his master, Karate Master is, but it's really Shagged Sung who tricks him into doing the Mortal Kombat tournament to prove his might. On to China and Liu Kang returning home to see his grandfather after his brother's death several days earlier. Turns out his grandfather is a temple leader and a monk at the Order of the Light that Liu Kang is the quote chosen one to fight Shag Tsung. However, some elders refuse to come back for going to America. This is until Lord Raiden, played by Christopher Lambert of Highlander movies Ghost Rider 2 and Fortress, comes out of the shadows to put Lou on the right path, i.e. the Mortal Kombat tournament. Of course, like every quote true hero, Lou doesn't want this path and doesn't believe this beggar is Raiden, the Lord of Thunder, until one wrist flip later and he is now a true believer. Well, that's as, as much padding, oh sorry, cat development as this movie's getting. It is on with some more ridiculous jokes and puns and etc, etc. On to Johnny Cage, arriving in Hong Kong, where he's mistaking Lou for a busboy and he quickly throws his case into the harbour with the terrible one-liner, thank God I didn't ask him to park the car, and it was the bane of this movie, Johnny Cage's terrible one-line jokes. Sonia is also here after Kano, with her partner Jax, but more of him next movie. Out of the mist comes an ancient looking oriental sailship as it pulls into port. They all board and Shagdasan introduces himself to Johnny, Sonia and Lou. We are then introduced to Sub-Zero, played by Francis Petit, and Scorpion, played by Christopher Casamasa. Sub-Zero is a god of cold and Scorpion is a fire demon with a scorpion tail in his hand, used to GET OVER HERE! Raiden puts a stop to this tete tete and shocks both Sub-Zero and Scorpion. And now Lou, Sonya and Johnny are all true believers. He makes Shag Tsung keep his pets under control with no fighting until they reach the island. Raiden tells our group of three heroes the tournament is Earth's last chance. If they lose, Earth is doomed to be run by the Emperor Shao Kahn. But more of him next to the movie. After explaining how the Earth is doomed, if they lose, does Raiden show them the terrible mid-90s CGI skulls and demon flags in the sky? Once on island, it begins moral combat! But not before, more jokes as Johnny Cage pratt falls into the water laden down with suitcases. We get it already. He is vain. Or Sonya tried to call for backup, getting no signal. Which is a good thing actually because she doesn't need no help. She's a tough as nails bitch. And how Lou blames herself for his little brother's death. Up to Shag the Sung's total not a model castle, like the one you have to fight in the video games. In this castle, Lucy's Princess Katana, played by Talsa Soto of License to Kill Don Juan Zamarco, and he falls head over heels in love. However, she is watched over by the truly awful CGI monstrosity that is Reptile, another one of Shag the Sung's pets. One feast scene later, because every bad guy must have a feast scene, a feast scene even, 
and a two-minute has begun as Shag Desung shows off his might in Sub-Zero as he freezes and kills a goon with a flawless victory. Lou goes to take on Shag Desung but is stopped by Johnny, so Sonya follows him. This leads her to Kano as he's talking to Prince Goro, a four-armed, eight-foot-tall beast puppet that took 15 men to control when it's not actually the 12-inch doll. Shag Desung stops Goro for menacing Kano and tells Kano he must fight Sonya but not harm her, just humiliate her in defeat because for some reason Shag Desung wants her and it's a whole creepy dirty old man thing going on so moving on. After overhearing this Lou and Ko are caught and have to fight Shag Desung's henchmen after following Katana down a maze which leads them back to the same room which is a completely pointless scene. Finally at the 35 minute mark it's fighting as Johnny, Lou and Sonya take on dozens of men winning unarmed and unharmed. Johnny boasts it was far too easy for him, so Raiden shows up to point out that they are surrounded by dozens more goons. One archery boat later, and he and his fighters walk away unharmed. The first time Raiden actually left a bloody finger to help you. Raiden warns Lou not to underestimate Shag Sung, as he has dozens of fighters' souls under his control and he will not be easy to defeat. The next morning, it is on Moral Combat! Lou versus an unnamed fighter. Which, after a quick boast of fight, he wins with ease, so Shag Desung steals the fighter's soul. Up next, Sonya versus Kano, and after some taunting from Kano, she kicks his ass and snaps his neck with a head scissor move with ease. Next, Johnny Cage versus Scorpion. First in a forest, for some reason, where Scorpion shows off his scorpion tail and a GET OVER HERE! Then into the pit. And by the way, this tail is bad mid-90s CGI at its worst. In the pit in which Scorpion teleports him to after Johnny does his shadow kick, which is a multi-phasic drop kick, yet he's supposed to be human, who get in? Does he fight Scorpio, winning by using a shield to block Scorpion's fire breath, beheading him, leaving him a signed photograph or a friendship tality ending? And I should say, Scorpion is is an undead, fire-breathing demon. Next is Lou versus Katana, which she throws the fight, telling Lou to fight for his might. To win his next fight, he must use the element that brings life. Next fight, was that five fights in ten minutes? Jesus Christ, movie, take a fucking breath. Jesus, jinkies. It's Lou versus Sub-Zero, which Lou wins by throwing a bucket of water over him. How does that kill him? Surely water is just ice. With Sub-Zero using his great ball of ice move, Almost covering the entire room in ice, Lou throws a bucket of water, um, killing him with an icicle. Even though he's a god of ice, so why the hell would ice go kill him? Hmm. Later that afternoon, Shag Desung unleashes Goro on the fighters, and he kills dozens with ease, including Johnny Cage's unnamed new best friend he met on a boat. Goro quickly wins, and then smashes his fighter's face in, and Shag Desung steals his soul through his eye. Not gonna lie here, that was quite nifty effects. That night, after a quick pep talk from Raiden, telling them to face their fears for Johnny not to be so vain, for Sonya to ask for bloody help, and for Lou to stop blaming himself for his little brother's death. The next morning, Johnny takes on Goro to prove his love for Sonya, who he magically fell in love for, even though they just met like 24 hours earlier. After Shag Desung tries to warn him off, he then tricks the vain Johnny into a deal which doesn't sit well with Raiden, but he has no power here, even though they're still on bloody earth and he had power earlier on in the movie. So, he has no point, no choice rather, but to have this fight go on. So here it is, Johnny Cage versus Goro, 
which after Goro breaks his expensive sunglasses, Johnny wins by doing the splits and punches Goro in the balls and kicks him to his death from a ledge in the castle. Shakti Sun kidnaps Sonya, who is now somehow helpless even though she's kicked multiple people's arses, taking her to Outworld, Shakti Sun's home land. And yes, you've guessed it, Raiden cannot follow, because he's a completely useless god of thunder. He doesn't even lift a finger to bloody well help. So off Johnny and Lou go to Outworld. In Outworld, Johnny is no longer cocky, and Lou feels a sense of empowerment and strength. So he takes on Reptile, who goes from bad CGI to human after taking over a statue, however a bicycle kick later from Lou, and he's now finished. Yet more techno music as Lou and Reptile fight, and after some bad wirework fighting, Lou wins with a bicycle kick and then stomps the CGI monstrosity in the head after turning into a ball of bugs. Katana then shows up out of nowhere and he's up with Johnny and Lou. A quick backstory later about what happened to Outworld that the Emperor won 10 street fights in a row and killed Katana's father and then took over, leaving it in utter apocalyptic ruins. We then see Sonya, who is tied to a post after a truly awful CJ shot of a tower. And Sonya is now in what looks like Xena's underdress before with the armour took off. As Shaggy Sung has now forced her to wear this outfit and she's refusing to fight him. So she's tied to a post. Oh, kinky shit there. Hmm. Lou, Katana and Johnny sneak into the castle dressed as monks. The final fight, Lou versus Shaggy Sung. More techno music and a lot of hand to hand combat, Lou gets first blood, so Shakti Sung calls his minions. Lou takes on 6 or 7 box standard fighters and wins with relative ease. This pisses off Shakti Sung, so he transforms into Lou's little brother, but Lou is not believing the lie or illusion, and after a quick ass beating from Shakti Sung, does he pull a final girl from Nightmare on Elm Street and make Shakti Sung release all the captured souls? So, with one kind of whoop ass later, and a fireball does Lu send Shaggy Sung into the pit of spikes. With Shaggy Sung defeated, this souls are free and all float up to heaven. With a tearful goodbye to his little brother, Lu returns to Earth. So, with the Colgate ending, which is all the kids running away from camera and floating flags and balloons and all sorts, does Sonya, Johnny, Lu, Katana and Raiden return to Earth, only for Shao Kahn to appear in the clouds, using his best Dr. Claw voice to say, I've come for your souls, you pathetic humans, or what's that effect? Raiden flashes lightning in his eyes, say, I don't think so, and a fighting stands as credits roll. So that was Mortal Kombat, some say it's as bad as Street Fighter, however, this thing knows it's a cheesy popcorn movie, whereas Street Fighter was just to see it for its own good, all but Raul Shaw could see this was a bad movie. Some good fight scenes, however, no story, poor character development, piss poor CGI, and as cool as it was, far too much trance music, I'm going to give this 5. Get over here, sort of 10. Stayed at F for Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Oh god, do I have to? I can sum this movie up in one bloody paragraph. Mortal Kombat made a fuck ton of money unexpectedly. So let's bring back the pointless sequel to cash in on it and use every single character in a video game, all 73 of them. But let's not give them a budget and have everything green screened wearing cheap Halloween costumes and fright wigs whilst having almost none of the original actors from the original movie to come return and having effects even Xena wore a princess but ashamed of. And done. Had enough? No? Well fasten your seatbelts this one's gonna be a shit show.
Coming out two short years after the monster success of the first movie comes this that just screams straight to tape or TV pilot with a budget of $30 million even though it was like they made it from the change found under the back of the sofa cushions and a writer's room. Who am I kidding? There was no writer's room. This thing was done on the fly. And pulling a woeful $35 million comes Mortal Kombat Annihilation with little to none of the original cast coming back and Paul W.S. Anderson doing his not Hellraiser in space Event Horizon, here it is, starring Robin Shaw, Talsa Soto, James Ramar, Sandra Hess and Brian Thompson. The plot, oh god that's a joke, there is no bloody plot, this is just a cheap fight scenes on wires with awful CGI and explosions and there's absolutely no point to this bloody movie. Okay, here it is. A small group of martial artists have six days to save the Earth from Shao Kahn and his goons, or it's doomed to be destroyed in a apocalyptic event. The Mortal Kombat dance remix kicks in and uses the exact same titles as the first movie, except slapping Annihilation. Last minute, written in crayon by the looks of it. So after a quick refresh to the better movie and a replay of the Colgate ending, the movie picks up right where the first left off, except it doesn't. It has a fireball appear in the sky, with dozens of putties, oh sorry, ninjas, falling out of it. All the while a super annoying sound effect that's supposed to be lightning, but sounds more like you're running your hands over cheap bloody polyester, that sound effect is used again and again and again and drives me ficking nuts. I know yeah, two minutes in and the effects look like shit, as there's dozens of supposed to be bodies falling from the sky, but it looks like they're, oh never mind. We see Liu Kang, played once again by Robin Sow, Kitana, played once again by Tao Sasoto, Sonya Blade, nude, played by Bridget Wilson Sampras, who took one look at the script and said, nope, I'm doing a note to last summer instead. But she's played by Sandra Hess of multiple CSIs, General Hospital, and the Hoff's Nick Fury TV movie. So yeah, this movie really did do wonders for her career. Johnny Cage, no, not played by Lyndon Ashby who laughed at the script, but played by new pretty boy Chris Conrad of Young Hercules and Nick's Craddy Kids and The Patriot. And finally, last but not least, Lord Raiden, played new not by Christopher Lambert, but by Sex and the City's James Ramar. And they're all surrounded by goons. Down comes cosplayers. Oh, sorry, they're Shao Kahn's generals, including Montaro, played by Deron McBee, Shiva, a multiple-armed Goro replacement, played by Morjean Holden, and wild hair Queen Sindel, played by Musata Vander, as well as multiple coloured suited ninjas, which I'm not going to name because there's too many of the bloody ones, about 20 of them, I think. Finally, Shao Kahn himself, played by Brian Thompson of the X-Files, comes down to try and take over the world after suffering defeat not two minutes earlier. So, you're trying to say to me he got all of his generals together? Just in case, shall just in case Shagdi Sung failed his great hope with Shagdi Sung there then. Hmm. And I would be amiss if I didn't mention James Ramar's wig at the start of this movie. It looks like they got it in a Halloween store for ten bucks and was the last ratty blonde wig in the bottom of the basket. Oh yeah, and how close utterly useless Raiden is. All he does is spout out useless pieces of advice and plot explanations that go bloody nowhere. And while I'm on the bitch train, why does Sindel's wig look like a cheap fright wig at Buffon to an inch of its life? 
Uh, did I say the outfits look cheap? Looking even worse than a first-time cosplayer, and this is supposed to be a major motion Hollywood picture? Okay then. Anyway, back to the plot, as thin as it is. Shao Kahn has brought Sindel back to life, and this somehow makes it so he can cheat and get back to Earth and take over once and for all. Okay then. Oh yes, I forgot to mention... The wire work. I swear this movie is 60% backflips, 20% fight scenes, 10% evil laughing, and the rest is just useless, woefully boring speeches. Raiden and Shao Kao throw down, one shoulder tackle later, and Raiden is down, however, with a lot of shit editing and flying around on wires. Do we see Khan get the thunder uppercut and is down? Somehow Khan whips Sonya, and this doesn't sit well with. Johnny Cage. So one failed Shadow Cut later and he's dead at the hands of Shao Kahn. Nice knowing you kid, don't let him hit you in the ass. One tiny wee thing here however, Cage killed Goro with four kicks and a punch to the balls, yet Khan kills him with one punch and a neck snap, making Goro seem nothing but a little bitch. Before killing Cage, Khan holds him hostage, so Raiden puts a electrical force field around his generals, threatening to kill them all one full swoop. If he doesn't let Johnny go, he then lets him go and can just kill Johnny and Raiden does absolutely nothing but run away like a coward he is. After running off and with one cheap lighting effect later, Raiden, ever clueless, gives a speech about how he has no clue to why Shao Kahn is allowed to be cheating. While Sonya mourns Johnny's death even though she couldn't stand him less than 24 hours earlier. She is now vowing revenge on Shao Kahn. Raiden takes them to the gladiator hamster balls to, well, God knows why, because they can bloody teleport both him and Katana can't teleport, so why not just teleport there? They're still on Earth's realm and he still has his powers. Sonya's sent off to find Jax, whereas Lou is sent to find Nightwolf, as Raiden goes to ask why Khan's allowed to cheat. And spoil it, it's all daddy's doing! So off Katana and Lou go and these ridiculous hamster balls face to face almost humping each other uncomfortably as Raiden uses another one to ride with Sonya onto Shao Kahn's awful CGI castle where he's like a middle child stage kid trying desperately to get impressed daddy and get attention from daddy. His daddy in this is Shinnok played by Rainier Sean of Babylon 5, Priest and multiple TV shows from Germany. Shinnok warns Shao Kahn not to get too cocky, as the Elder Gods will find out he's cheating and it will be hell to pay. And wait a minute here, I thought Raiden was an Elder Gods. Get in. Never mind little thing called a plot, it's time for a fight! As Lou and Katana have arrived to wherever the hell they are, they are then attacked by a cyber ninja, Smoke, played by Ridley Sue. This fight is just an excuse for cheap explosions that Power Rangers would have been ashamed of and backflips on wires. While Lou takes on Smoke, does Katana show off her fan skills by taking on dozens of putties with her metal fans. A couple of backflips later and an explosion or two and Sub-Zero's little brother, I'm calling him Cold Snap, comes out of nowhere to freeze Smoke solid and he just explodes for no reason. Turns out Sub-Zero had a little brother, also called Sub-Zero, played by Kenneth Cook, who played Scorpion in the first movie. Speaking of which, he pops up again to have a quick fight with Sub-Zero and kidnap Katana using his SUCKER teleporting move. One teeny tiny wee thing here, why didn't Sub-Zero light or cold snap? 
not kill Lou for killing his older brother, instead of building an ice bridge in some really piss poor CGI effects a six year old can do on his iPhone. And by the way, if I thought Scorpion's tails in the first movie looked bad, these look truly pathetic and are even worse than PlayStation 2 graphics. Anyway, Cold Snap and Scorpion have a quick fight and yes you've guessed it, backflips and techno music galore. Ha, the 90s and techno music, kinda like the early teens and dubstep, this shit was everywhere. So with Katana kidnapped, Cold Snap just fucks off and leaving Lou completely lost. Meanwhile, Sonya tracks Jax down, played by Red Williams of American Gladiator fame, to a laboratory, where in a week since leaving Sonya at the docks in Hong Kong, he has metal arms put onto his body, giving him super strength. Metal bionic arms, I should say. Sonya, dressed in her best cosplay Lara Croft outfit, helps Jack as more putties and yes, yet another bloody cyborg ninja, Ermac, played by John Meldon, attacks. A few explosions and Huayruck flips later, Sonya kills Ermac with her kiss of death finishing move, as the lab just explodes. With a truly awful green screen explosion, of Jax and Sonya diving away from it even though they are nowhere near the explosion. And I should say, Ermac looks like the yellow Power Ranger from hell as he blows up every piece of equipment, glass and door. Ah oh yes, and now Jax is your stereotypical black guy, angry black guy at that. Back at Khan's castle, Shiva and Motoro have a little fist fight after a quick bitch off and I should say Motoro is a senator, half human, half horse a scorpion tail for some reason. <laughs> Khan kills yet another coloured suited ninja, Rain I think he was called, for killing Striker and combat off screen but he failed to have them beg for their life. Get in. Yet another coloured suited ninja, I'm calling this one Harley Quinn, tries to take Rain's place as a general but Khan gives it to Sindel. Well as she wanted, she's a queen so why she want to be a girl? Moving on. In the middle of a desert, Lou finds Nightwolf, played by Lightfoot, of Little Indian in the Cupboard, an adaptation. After some awful CGI werewolf monster that would make Underworld blush a bonk on the head with a tomahawk later, and Lou now knows about animalities. One quick flashback slash nightmare later, and Jade, played by Ariana Pantiva, wakes him up and then comes on to him, however Lou rejects her, so she beats him up with her bow staff, but it's just a test, one of many tests that Raiden has put Lou to prove the fact he's actually the chosen one and pure of art. Yeah, okay then. She's now in Lou's good graces and takes him to Katana, after some bullshit speech about how Katana will stop Khan, if she's reunited with her mother, Queen Sadel, and their love will break Khan's spell over her. Back at Khan's castle, he has Katana caged up, so she taunts him to kill her, but he just walks off in a huff. In another desert, does Sonya find and fight Melina, played by Dana He. She's supposed to be Katana's clone, but looks nothing like her. Anyway, they fight in mud. I guess I'll keep the horny teenagers happy then, the boy's enemy. As Melina goes in for the kill for trademark size, does Sonya just snap her neck with relative ease? This fight is basically a lot of hair pulling, back flips and kicks, and of course wrong around in the mud. Jax takes on a huge reptile after it sneak attacks Sonya. This reptile is even worse than the one in the first movie. It looks like Jax is throwing punches into thin air as this thing barely reacts. On to Raiden, outside the Temple of the Elder Gods, walking into it like a pr Christ pose. 
Inside this temple, he speaks to the elder gods, a flame, a dust storm, and a water sprite, asking how Khan can cheat. After all, Lu won the Mortal Kombat the previous week. But all he gets is done around, and is tricked into getting rid of his powers in order to save the Earth Realm. Spoiler alert, the dust god is Shao Kahn's daddy. So now, powerless, Raiden returns to Lu's side, along with Jack, Sonya, and Jade. Complete with a new shorter haircut, and yet another speech for him, he uses the last of his powers to teleport to Outworld. Because again, he believes the prophecy of Katana reaching her mother's soul once and for all, and blah 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 blah. Khan arrives on horseback because reasons, gets in Del news her stream blast to destroy the temple. Luckily, Raiden manages to open a portal using the last of his powers, right into Shao Kahn's trap? Really? What would happen if Raiden hadn't had opened the portal in time? Sindel's right-hand woman, Jade, would have been killed, but moving on, that's a plot hole never actually cares about. So now, stuck in Outworld, which is merging with ours, as we see the Brooklyn Bridge, with dead bodies trapped in cars, with a new powerless Raiden. Jade sweet-talks Lou into following her into Khan's castle. In said castle, Khan is getting told off from his daddy from destroying the Temple of the Elder Gods. Meanwhile, outside some temple, Sindel and three reptiles attack. Well, when I say attack, I mean Raiden has a dance-off with three reptiles, whilst Jade, Jax, Lou and Sonya kick Sindel's ass off-screen and knock her out. And I swear, Raiden's fight here is like some sort of ballet. It didn't need techno music, it needed Swan Lake. None of his kicks connect, and it just looks like they're leaping around for nothing. So Khan, thinking he has won, gives his grand speech to his armies about how he has won. As the Eiffel Tower pops up behind him, Lu has snuck into the castle to rescue Katana, but he is caught by Baraka, played by Ray Park of Star Wars and X-Men fame. In fact, this was his first movie underneath that cheap rubber mask. Baraka is a lizard-type humanoid, with swords in his forearms. Forearms, even. He takes on Lou. So, with a lot of wirework flips and spins, along with some chain swinging, Lou wins by kicking him into the fire pit. Except, editing error here, he turns into rain from earlier on in the movie. How cheap is that? With Katana now free, Lou takes her to Sindel's side. But it's a trick. The prophecy was a lie. Joining her with Sindel does absolutely nothing. Oh, yes, I also got Shiva gets. A cheap death as Katana's cell crushes her as they escape because apparently they couldn't afford to give her the big two-on-one fight scene they wanted to do. As Adele is awakened by Katana after she was knocked out by Jade, suspicious much there, she turns into Evil Queen, telling her she never loved her and she's in league with Khan under her own terms and he does not hold her soul. So she does her best Wonder Woman impression, spinning off leaving Jade behind to sneak away. This leaves our heroes infighting yet again with the clueless and powerless Raiden. Until Sonya sees Raiden's shoulder tattoo of a dragon then tells him she's seen these tattoos on two fighters they defeated earlier on in the movie, but they left their bodies as soon as they died. It turns out this tattoo is a free pass to travel between worlds. And only his bloodline has it, the rest were temporary tattoos, therefore making them not his bloodline. And it turns out Shao Kahn is Lord Raiden's brother and Shinnok is his father. But there's a mistake which I'll point out much later. Never mind all this talking crap, there's fighting to be had. But not before Kahn feeds Jade to Reptile for some reason. 
It is on! And much like the video game, Khan stands on top of a tower with the generals under him and you must fight to get him. So, the final fight. Finish him! Not yet, however, Raiden stands up to Daddy and is killed for it by one fireball from Khan. He is now mortal and dies mortally. If that makes sense. Mm. So with 20 minutes left of this painful movie, it is on. Sindel vs Katana, Jax vs Montoro, Lou vs Khan, and Sonya vs Harley Quinn Ninja, or Leftovers as she calls him. Jack takes on Montoro and gets whipped around with his tail. Also, what is it with Jackson taking on CGI monstrosities first? Reptile, now this one. Dear God, it looks even worse than the ones in Xena. Katana slaps around Sindel, and Sindel walks around with her hair a few times, but that's just a bitch fight. Sonya dance fights with Harley Quinn until he spits out Noob, yet another coloured suited ninja. Well, Lou takes on Khan hand to hand, and even after Khan breaks his knee and ribcage, is he still fighting? Get in! Meanwhile, Jax gets his ass handed to him by Montoro, so much so he damages his bionic arms and rips him off and bitch slaps him with them. This, of course, pisses off the sassy black man as he just quickly kills him. Just in the nick of as Sonya wasn't holding her own against two ninjas. With a swift punch to the horse balls and some backflips, Jack finishes Montoro off as Katana defeats her mother with a few backhand slaps. Sonya snaps Harlequin's neck as Jack deals with Noob off screen. It's down to Lou to kill Shao Kahn, which he does by turning into a dragon, his animality. Not to be done, of course, Kahn turns into a Hydra, a multiple-headed dragon. Both awful CGI monsters fight, and I swear to god this looks like stop motion that Ray Harryhausen would have been a bloody shamed off, but it's not. It's actually CGI, and it's piss poor. The dragons fall off a cliff, and somehow turn back to be human, and now Kahn is bleeding. I guess it's punishment for destroying the temple then. But before Daddy can put Khan on a naughty step for destroying the temple, do the Elder Gods show up? They send Daddy to the Phantom Zone, Superman 2 style, by falling into a piece of glass, I think. Lou defeats the now mortal Khan with some nifty wirework flips and rips off Guile from Street Fighter's Sonic Backflip Kick, killing Khan. And as he does, his tattoo leaves his body, therefore, he is not Raiden's brother. Gaiden. Speaking of which, the Elder Gods bring him back to life. He is now the Dust God. As the world goes back to normal, Sindel gets a makeover and embraces Katana. It's happy endings all round as Lou gets the girl and kisses her as credits roll. So that was Mortal Kombat Annihilation. What can I say about this bloody turkey? Well, it's cheap, tacky and wire fantastic. Too many characters, not enough plot, too many explosions and backflip sidekicks. Backflips even. Hmm. This feels like a TV pilot to a TV show I would never come back to. I'm going to give this piss poor thing a 1 to see out of 10. And I will not be pressing continue. Come back next week for my look at both Angela Jolie's Tomb Raider movies. And then next month is Festive Funnies, including National Poon's Christmas Vacation and Santa's Sleigh. January is John Compton movies such as The Fog. February is Final Destination. March is musicals such as Rocky Horror Picture Show. April is animated movies such as The Incredibles. May is bad female superheroes such as Supergirl. June is Iron Man, July is Captain America, August and September is Superman, October is one of horror movies such as Mama, and November is Never Ending November, uh, aka Never Ending Stories. And December is Festive Fear, so don't forget to leave a like, share and comment on my s and subscribe to my SoundCloud. 
Follow me on Twitter at Here's Johnny's Pod and email me movie suggestions to Here's Johnny's Reviews at gmail.com. Check out my franchise podcast of Resident Evil, Lost Boys, Underworld, Blade, and more. Also, my solo podcast of Die Hard, Batman Returns, Nightmare for Christmas, and many, many more. A bye bye.